Super Talk Mississippi media production. Call free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, let's go day two from Pete Taylor Park. Conference USA Baseball Tournament underway. Bob Getty and Michael Mergens. Luke rejoins the team this afternoon. We're sitting right in front of Scott Berry's office. Uh, just had a chat with uh, Coach Berry and Hill Denson as they took off for lunch. Hill will be joining us a little later in the show. Brian Dozier, next segment of the Eagle Hour. Jason Munts from the Commercial Appeal. Christian Ostrander joining us a little later in the show. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. We've got a full two hours from you from Pete Taylor Park. Before we get to that incredible baseball game last night, day two, Michael Mergens, your evaluation of the Conference USA meals at the Catholic Church. Uh, 100% awesome <laughs> it is really good there, there's an there's an added feature there because miss kim does it and she she catered for us cooked all of our meals when we were at football here at southern miss her old office was in the commons and uh i didn't have my media pass yet and lee applewhite made some joke hey this guy doesn't have his credential on and i said well the cook just gave me a big hug so i'm welcome here so <laughs> yeah. cooked with miss kim's love and if she wasn't cooking she'd be sitting in the roost right now watching baseball yeah. so michael you're giving it on a scale of one to ten Oh, 100. 100. Luke, you had your first taste today. Oh, I mean, this is what I this is what I ate 15 years ago. I mean, it's just, there it is. That, it was always a peach cobbler. She basically gave us today what she fed us on Thanksgiving. We'd go up to the Commons, right. Reggie or Sammy, Coach Bauer would bring them in, and then we'd have that huge meal. It's exactly what we ate. It was awesome. Bread pudding yesterday. Oh, that was amazing. That was really good. Chicken pot pie last night. Okay, I regret. Yeah, you were, mm-hmm. you were bragging yeah. about the chicken pot pie for a, little, for a the while. The chicken pot pie last night was ferocious. It was, uh, it was really good. As was the baseball game last night, fellas. You know, I, I was telling Michael Luke before we went on the air. You come to you come to games all the time at P. Taylor Park. You're always great, and you always come hoping there's going to be a game like that. Electric, chippy, competitive. It was something to see. Four three USM beats UAB. It started chippy between uh, the catcher for UAB and and Dustin Dickerson, uh, the hunter kid for for UAB. He had something to say and. Of course, Dustin and so-so Mississippi style gave it right back to him. Uh, Coach Dunn for UAB gets uh, gets tossed after a, 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 an intentional balk several times. Multiple coaches or even players kind of creeped out of the dugout. Yeah, and the Eagles, uh, you, you were talking, you asked uh, Landon Harper uh, a couple days ago, hey, dog, you going to come in and finish this? And he told you what? I, I just need two innings at the I, end. I, I saw him <laughs> last night by coincidence, and I said, so we get what? So we get seven innings out of Tanner, and you come in and you close the game out. He goes, well, let's give it let, – let's make – let me come in the last two. Let me come in the last two. And what's he do? He comes in the last two. He – six up, six down. He's, he is a dog. Inning and two-thirds, three strikeouts, no hits, no runs, no walks. He came He's in and dog. did his job. And uh, Tanner Hall, I mean, you know, he got a, a unearned run in the top of the first, gave up – had two bad pitches, really. 
Um, I think he walked one, so shame on you, Tanner. He's only walked 11 all year, right? right? But 10 right. strikeouts, and uh, and the Eagles uh, fought their way back. And then, of course, uh, the, the go-ahead run that proved to be the winning run, uh, Slade Wilkes hits one over 400 feet into the roost. It may still be going. I mean, he, he really uh, – I thought it was fitting last night. There's such a history between UAB and Southern Miss that anybody that's followed it should have expected nothing less than what we saw last night. Give credit where it's due, man. UAB was salty and tough and just wouldn't go away. Yeah, the Smith kid that came out of the bullpen, Reynolds the starter, gave up four runs, and he came in three and a third, did, allowed two hits, no runs, and the Eagles struck out three. I mean, he did his job. Uh, Eagles really, you know, took advantage kind of in those middle innings. I was really proud last night. Danny Lynch was three for four, had a, had a big double. Sargent, of course, uh, had a double to really get us started. Uh, Peto had that single, and, he, you know, he scored um, later on, on on the ball call. But it, really, for me, the turning point of the game that could have been bad for the Eagles, you, you sack bunt two guys over, and you got second and third with, with one out. Don't score. And you don't score. Right. And then Harper comes in in that situation, and got a, a that slider called to, to strike him out in the bottom of the eighth. It was it was a you know it was on the on the line there. But that was for me that was the tur- two turning points. Eagles would have looked at if they'd have given up the lead later, they'd have gone back to that opportunity they had with second and third with one out and not scored. Thankfully, ten left on base didn't bite them in the tail last night. But they're going to have to get more crucial hits. It's baseball. UAB was one of the teams I did not want to play in this tournament. So. I'm glad that game's out of the way. Well, let's hope they're done. I mean, let's hope we don't deal with them again. Uh, but, you know, again, uh, you, you would expect really, uh, I think, nothing less when you play UAB than yep. like it. So they finished the, uh, the what should have been the game last night was finished today, uh, this morning. And one of our favorite teams, Florida Atlantic, uh, loses uh, in that game by uh, two runs to Texas San Antonio. So, so the stage is set now uh, that Southern Miss will play San Antonio tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Yeah, and so the Eagles would have would have played tonight, but because you only got three games in yesterday, everything got backed up. So in the earlier game, UTSA beats uh, FAU 6-4, to four, and so Southern Miss at 10 a.m. tomorrow in the winner's bracket against the five-seed UTSA. Right now in the peat, in the top of the second, Charlotte in an elimination game is beating Middle Tennessee 8 to nothing. So when this game is over, we'll only have seven teams left. The rest of the games uh, for um, today, Old Dominion and Louisiana Tech play. That should be good. right after this. That should be good. Um, so that's that's in the winners bracket, and then UAB uh, will take on Florida um, Atlantic uh, tonight at seven thirty in an elimination game. So really, two two really good baseball games coming up yep. this afternoon Absolutely. and tonight at P. Taylor Park. You would expect, uh, you know, FAU, one of the best hitting teams in the league, but UAB, uh, I don't think Dunn's got to serve any additional suspension. I think he should be back. Uh, But they'll be chippy, and and that'll be a a, a tough game. Uh, But the Eagles, usually you play yesterday and today, and then you have tomorrow off. But the Eagles get their break today. So uh, we were just you know, walking by. Will McGillis, Slade Wilkes, Reese Ewing just walked by here. I think they got a little BP in a little earlier. But Eagles off today. And then it's straight through, correct? Yeah. There, there won't be any days off. So if Southern Miss were to win tomorrow, they would advance uh, to Saturday. Um, and that should be a, uh, I think that's a 6th or 7.30 first pitch Saturday. Um, 
That shouldn't be very electric, should it, if they're playing at 7.30 Saturday night? <laughs> not at all. Not not at all. And it, um, if they were to lose tomorrow, they would turn back around and play at 5. So there would be a game between them and an, it would be an elimination game. You don't want to do that. You, you don't just, want to do that. You just, you just want to uh, stay out of that. On the other side of the bracket, uh, you, you mentioned Old Dominion and Tech, Louisiana Tech this afternoon. You got to believe that whoever wins that uh, is in the driver's seat to play in the championship game. I got to tell you, dude, that that that's two gritty baseball teams there. There's a there's a lot of tough ball left to play. And the thing about the top top half of the bracket, if ODU or Louisiana Tech wins today, they don't play tomorrow, so they advance. The trade-off is because the schedule got pushed back, you're playing a winner's bracket game at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. So you watch your cartoons and you come out here and, and play. Whoever uh, loses this game today plays tomorrow in a 1:30 elimination game. So the so the side of the bracket that Southern Miss is would basically have to play two games in one day. If they were to get beat, the other side of the bracket is a day in between. And so if ODU or Louisiana Tech, whichever team wins today, they won't play again until Saturday. So uh, let's assume for well, we know you're going to play San Antonio uh, tomorrow. Uh, and I wasn't here that weekend, but it, 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 as I was following it from a distance, Luke, it did appear to me that, that San Antonio, after their opening day pitching, their pitching dropped off fairly significantly is that fair to say so yeah when before you remember san antonio did something kind of interesting they actually threw uh, a, a reliever against the golden eagles early on and then they kind of brought their their stud in at the end of the game and uh, and then they they threw him later in the weekend so against southern miss they threw daniel garza um, he allowed four earned runs in five innings and, of course, that was the night that they really hit Tanner Hall, even though he struck out eight. He gave up four runs um, as well. Later on in the weekend, Golden Eagles scored 17 runs in the next two games, uh, and so that kind of bodes well. What I was told while we were eating in there just a minute ago is that UTSA kind of threw their 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 best uh, pitcher um, this morning, and I think that was the Malone kid. Yeah, for the first-team all-conference starter, Luke Malone, he threw nine nine innings. Like they, they started a guy, he walked like one or two batters, and they just brought Malone in. So they just basically used up that guy for uh, for the tournament. Advantage USM? I think so. I mean, when you look at what Hunter Riggins did uh, in that in that Saturday game back on, on May 14th, I mean, Riggins went six innings. He gave up three runs. I think one of those was, was a home run. And then Rodgers came in and, and shut him out the rest of the way. Ramsey didn't throw last night. Rogers, uh, you know, threw uh, an inning and, and two thirds. I mean, uh, uh, Harper threw an inning and two thirds. Your whole bullpen's available for you. When you talk Southern Miss baseball, there is no name bigger than Brian Dozier. We're happy to have Brian on the Eagle Hour. He'll join us right on the other side of the break.
Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back. Pete Taylor Park, Charlotte beating Middle Tennessee 11 to nothing. And is that the top of the second inning? Top of the second inning. So, uh, Charlotte, uh, pretty clearly going to advance. Uh, we're here at Pete Taylor Park. Golden Eagles off today. They'll be back on the field tomorrow morning at 10 after a really dramatic 4-3 to win last night over UAB. When you talk about baseball figures in Southern Miss, there's no bigger name than Brian Dozier, Major League All-Star, World Series champion, true blue Golden Eagle. And, uh, Brian, it's a great pleasure to have you back on the Eagle Hour. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Brian, uh, you know, we, we could talk for the whole show about, about your fabulous career. Uh, I have to tell you this real quickly before we get into it. As a, uh, as a guy that grew up as a kid uh, in Alexandria, Virginia, I just can't tell you how I enjoyed watching you ride that world championship uh, with the uh, Nats uh, your last year up there. It was just a great pleasure to watch you. And uh, I do want you to know you had a couple of folks back here and uh, and had it well a lot but obviously a couple of folks really really happy really happy to see you win that uh, with the nationals but brian uh, you, you know you were a huge part of this program and and obviously a member of the team that went to omaha and uh so much talk this year about the the pitching depth and the talent on the team and the ability to get to omaha but if you will put in perspective for our listeners just how difficult the task that really is well, first of all, you just you just want to get in. And uh, even back in 2009, uh, we were, quote-unquote, the last team in. Uh, I remember Coach Palmer making calls and calls the day of the selection show to all the people on the committee, and every one of them said, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, and then they end up voting us in, the very last team in. So the biggest thing, you just want to get in. And obviously Southern Miss, they're, they're – a lot better uh, in a position to do that, uh, maybe hope, hopefully hosting the regional. But with with their arms that they have now, um, pitching's everything, especially when you get in the playoffs. And uh, when they have that much depth at the starting staff all the way to the back end of their bullpen, that says it all. When you can run off guys that's, that's got velocity, that have movement, that kind of thing, um, it's shaping up to be a really, really fun year to watch them, uh, regional, super regional and all. We were watching last night. Uh, Luke, forgive me, I forgot the kid's name. The first kid that came in last night, relief pitcher from Jones. Dalton Rogers. Dalton Rogers, uh, Brian, and he's a left-handed kid, and you know he's still in mid nineties. And and I'd heard earlier in the year that that's pretty unusual in college to have a left-handed pitcher with that kind of velocity. Why do you think? Why do you think more right-handed pitchers tend to have upper velocity than lefties? Well, I mean, the, the, the righties obviously more dominant than lefties as far as the uh, the amount of pitchers that are playing college or <clears throat> or in at the professional level. But at the same time, I mean, you just see velocity keeps growing each and every year. Um, I don't know when it's going to max out, but as far as like uh, velocity and movement and everything, people just keep getting better. It's it's it goes to show you just the um, the technology we have the. The athletic training, um, the, the things that we are capable of doing uh, with your body, and uh, and there's more and more information every year that people just keep getting better. Um, obviously, there's more right-handed pitchers in the game than lefties, but uh, anytime you have a lefty that can uh, like himself, <clears throat> that can uh, that can move the ball, but also throw mid nineties, uh, that, that, that just makes for a good recipe for a pitcher. Brian, 
you know, Southern Miss, we looked at what we lost last year with Walker Powell and Hunter Stanley, and then you look at this rotation this year where if you had Waldrop or Hall, you would feel like, yeah, we have one of the best pitchers in the league. You got both of them in a weekend rotation. I mean, it's just probably it's, it's pretty extraordinary yeah. what Ostrander can throw out there. Oz is uh, one of the best uh, coaches, pitching coaches in the nation. He's turned a lot of uh, very average pitchers into elite pitchers, and then he's gotten elite pitchers to Southern Miss uh, that's gotten even better. And, you know, what makes up a good team, and you see it time and time again, um, a lot of good teams, they have that one Friday night guy, and then it kind of just falls off dramatically into just, a you know, an average Saturday-Sunday guy. But, Southern Miss doesn't have that. They they uh, they have depth. They have a few aces on their team, and even midweek guys that can uh, that can that can throw it with anybody. And I'm sure a lot of teams around the country would take some of our midweek guys as their Friday night guys. So, and then the, the bullpen's been um, remarkable. Then when you throw in good coaching staff like Oz and Coach Barry that can fix and match and do certain things uh, with the depth that we have in the bullpen. I mean, I, I'm telling you, it's uh, it's going to be fun to watch down the stretch. We concur with your conclusion about Oz. Uh, don't spread your Major League All-Star opinion to, to people outside of Hattiesburg. We want him to stay here uh, quite a while, Brian. But, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, th- right. you've watched That's this exactly. team a lot this year. It seems as if on the offensive side it's a question of who's going to come through. Because, I mean, you look at it, this is pretty amazing. You're three, four, five hitters. you got 40 home runs between uh, Ewing, Sargent, and, and Wilkes. I don't know if I've ever seen 28 home runs between the seven and eight hitters with, with Peyto and McGillis. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. And uh, let's, uh, but I tell people all the time, let's not uh, steer away from the fact of like, you know, it's, it's not that many solo home runs. People are still drawing walks. That's how, uh, and working counts and getting pitch counts up and getting in the bullpen and that kind of thing. And, and they've been doing a good job during their kind of low period a couple of weeks ago. Um, not too many walks and, and all that kind of stuff. But they, uh, all in all, the offense, they click on all cylinders because the people that are supposed to walk, they walk, they draw their walks, they, they move guys over, they, they bump very well. And then you got the big boppers coming in that you, you look up, it's first and third one out, and you, you give the sign to let it fly. And you got some guys that can do that, uh, really one through nine. So, uh, so that's exciting to watch, and they're doing a good job of it. You're, uh, I know. Creel was here when when you were around. Uh, I know it's rewarding to see you know the offensive output and and you know one of your old teammates and, and guys you know that's coaching up the offense. Yeah, Creel does an amazing job. He was a freshman. <clears throat> he was a shortstop behind me when I was a senior. Uh, he's awesome. He's uh, the thing about Creel. He's very very knowledgeable and very baseball savvy, and uh, he gets it kind of thing. And a lot of coaches just don't get it. He gets the game of baseball. He gets what makes a good offense from top to bottom, uh, not just hitting the big fly, which everyone loves, but uh, doing the little things right. So you look up and scoring a lot of runs. and Even the one-run ball games, you look back at them that they've done. They do the little, <clears throat> do the little things right, and that's a, big, uh, that's a big part of what Creel does. Brian, a few years back, uh, you and your wife uh, were gracious enough to come up on our show, and and she told me uh, sitting out of the studio that what you liked about being back in Hattiesburg so much is that you weren't Brian Dozier, Major League All-Star. You were just Brian around your friends. Now that you're back and you're retired, uh, how, how are you enjoying your life back in Hattiesburg, Brian? 
Oh, my friends are more annoying each and every day now. <laughs> Trey Cuevas. Especially Cuevas, right? I know, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, it's been awesome. Uh, you know, I, uh, you know, this is home for us in Hattiesburg. And, you know, we got two kids, a two-and-a-half-year-old girl, a one-year-old boy, and we, we got our third one coming uh, in about six weeks. So we'll have three kids under three, so say a prayer for me on that. But, uh, yeah, for sure. But no, everything's been great. And uh, I tell you what, uh, it's a big reason I retired. I never wanted to miss my kids growing up and stuff. I, I got my hands, I got my hands full right now, and a lot of other stuff too. But uh, but as far as playing, yeah, it, I'm done, and I like being back home. So, and uh, you are at home when you're in Hattiesburg. That's what, what we all hear. That's correct, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. This is home, and uh, we just built a house out of Canebrake, and kids going to school here, and. Uh, this is home. We still try to make it back to uh, up around Fulton, where I'm from, and stuff. But yeah, this is definitely home now. What What do the Eagles need to do this tournament? I mean, it's kind of unique, Brian. At 25 years uh, of Conference USA, and, and this is it. I mean, it's not just a statement on where you're going to play next week, but it's kind of finishing, you know, the chapter of Southern Miss athletics. Yeah, they. Uh, you know, the the big thing is. You know, I believe we're kind of all in the same boat that we, you know, we're hoping to, you know, host a regional and be a decent seed and and uh, and keep that going. But I know, you know, from experience at the college level and the professional level, that each and every game from here on out, um, it kind of gets uh, more nerve wracking and kind of things get to go in a little bit faster, so to speak. Uh, the game gets sped up a little bit because. There's more people in the stand. There's more energy, and um, and I, I would just encourage them to kind of slow the game down. See how slow you can make the game of baseball while still having fun, uh, but just kind of take a step back and realize you're in a great situation. But it's just the same old game. It just and uh, <clears throat> what separates everybody is who can do it under pressure, and uh, and I believe we can do that. So, well, we'll make us a promise. Please don't ever let. Quavis borrow quote borrow the World Series ring okay because you may never get it back. <laughs> he, he actually was over at the house not too long ago and he was wearing it for a while and and uh, forgot to put it up and uh, we had to get it forgot, away from uh, his pocket. He so. forgot to put it up right right Brian. <laughs> hey Brian, thank you uh, so much for being on the show, man. Uh, we always uh, very much enjoy our opportunities to talk to you. We're glad you're glad you're back in Hattiesburg with all of us and uh, hopefully we'll get you back on real soon. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Y'all take care. All right. Brian Dozier, everybody. No bigger name, Luke Johnson. No bigger name. No bigger name. One million and one, baby. Yeah, Brian Dozier, Major League All-Star. Like every home run he hit was a walk-off, too. I mean, it just just World Series champion, Brian Dozier. Speaking of really important people, Jason Muntz on the Eagle Hour Day. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Live back at Pete Taylor Park for the 2022 Conference USA Tournament Eagle Hour. On the road, the Southern Bancorp Studio right outside Scott Berry's office today on the field inside the gate. Charlotte still uh, blowing out Middle Tennessee in the top of the third, 11 
to nothing coming up right after this game, Old Dominion and Louisiana Tech, and then later tonight, UAB against FAU. Golden Eagles will take on UTSA in the winner's bracket tomorrow at 10 a.m. We want to thank all our sponsors for great days like this. They uh, not only allow us to come out here, um, but to bring you Southern Miss sports every day from the studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Dickey's Barbecue, Campus Bookmark, 4th Street Bar and Grill, and DBAT and D1 Training. We greatly appreciate Appreciate all of our sponsors. All right, uh, Hill Denson coming up a little later. We appreciate Brian Dozier joining us. But the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Munns, who now resides in Memphis, Tennessee, where he covers sports for the commercial appeal and uh, sacrificially uh, wanted to come back after 13 years of covering uh, Southern Miss. You wanted to make one more run at it and see the special team. What's up, Munzy? How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I, I just can't tell you how happy I am to be here. I, I, I'm a little bit... Um, I'm just. I'm happy you guys chose to slum it on this segment with with. You had what Brian on before me? All star on the field and all star behind the laptop. But now and then you got Hill coming up. I mean, my lord, this is you guys are slumming it. So before you leave, you got to make sure you get one of these Conference USA farewell tour shirts. It had like every series, and it was spelled out like a band T-shirt. They're floating around in the roost. Jason Bailey or somebody can, okay. can get you one. But it's the first I've heard of it. But yeah, I'm, it's, it's, I'm it's pretty. It's to... pretty impressive. Okay. Make sure you get one. All right, we were talking off air. You covered. Uh, we were talking. If there's another team that compares with this team. It wouldn't be the 2009 team, as Brian Dozier reminded us, got in by the skin of their teeth and then made a run. But the 2017 team with 50 wins that hosted a regional here, and if it wasn't for a pop-up at 5 a.m., you know, Eagles would have been playing the Super Regional. This is a lot like that team in a lot of ways. It is. Uh, you said if it wasn't for a, a, well, a very well-placed pop-up and some, some mud, Quite a bit of mud out there in right field. I think I think the guys were having rain, trouble uh, heavy rain. getting to the getting to the ball. But yeah, um, no. I, I think if there is an argument to be made that that whether or not this team is or isn't the best team in program history, I would say that 2017's team is that team that would be the other one in the conversation. I mean they they've had some great teams. Don't get me I mean like you know 2003 comes to mind. If, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's Clint King and yep. Jeff Cook. Jeff when Cook they yep. both hit 23 homers. Um so you got that uh team I believe that also host, hosted a a regional as a two seed. Um so I don't know, but 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 when you when you look at everything, we were talking about strength of schedule before uh, the level of uh competition that southern miss has faced this this year in particular the way they've pitched the way they've hit they've now got five players with 10 or more homers which has only ever happened once one other time in program history there's a lot of um evidence that this team might very well be the best and i mean i should also let's also not forget the 2009 team that made the college yeah. series that that one was pretty special too right so um but but no this one they're 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 trending in a very very positive direction they've done really really great things up until this point and yeah it, it does feel like kind of the sky's the limit for this team you see it now from a little different perspective being in memphis and uh yep. so i'm curious to to hear how the national sports media, in your view, now views the Southern Miss baseball program? Well, I've I have been, you know, ever, ever since I left, I, I've been, I've been going now four years, and I and I still keep uh, track of all Southern Miss sports, but Southern Miss baseball uh, especially. And um, 
it does feel like that there's that they like the D1 baseballs of the world, the baseball America's like um, even USA Today, the coaches poll has them at number twelve. Um, it, it it just it it seems like there is over this last five six years national respect has been restored to this program. Um, Kendall Rogers, you know, raves about them. Uh, uh, you know, all those national guys, and and I mean, shoot, the RPI is what up now to seven, seven as of last night, yeah, yeah, and so. Uh, I, I think you you really don't need to look much further than that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Southern Miss has a great tradition, as the sign out in left field says, and the sign over here on the ticket office says. And so, um, it, it's it's uh, really kind of par for the course, honestly. And so, you think now they may be viewed in, in that in that pod of teams that traditionally has been viewed that the Texas teams, uh, Miami's, uh, uh, you know, the, the the premier baseball teams. Uh, you, you think they're maybe now seen in that same light? I do. I would say, yeah, I think they're getting there. And I think part of that is fan support. You know, like what, what was it? The 10th highest yep. um, average home attendance in the country this season. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only teams ranked ahead of them were in the SEC, Big 12, and ACC. Mm-hmm. So, like, that speaks volumes. I think. I think people see that on a national level and say, Oh man, this is this is not just a good group of five program. This is not just a an, an elite group of five program. This is an elite program, mm-hmm. regardless of conference, regardless of you know size of the school, and um, and yeah, that that's just a credit to, to what Scott Barry's done, what Corky Palmer did before him, what Hildenson did before him, and um, and yeah, it's really it really really is exciting to see, and everybody's expectations are very high but but it's kind of like you said off air you know as talented as they are you still have to have a little luck to get to omaha you do yeah breaks are huge in baseball and um i mean like look no further than mississippi state in 2017 at the regional here they got a big break if not for that lucky break right the game was over. Uh, we should also mention uh, the question we'll call it. First base, they got Scott tossed for two games. And the hammy pull. For yeah, he pulled exactly. the hammy, flexed Mr. Clean on the umpire, and got a two-game suspension. Yes. Um, I was actually reading those stories over again before I came down here uh, just to sort of get myself in the in the right headspace. And um, I had forgotten. I did like a story the next year about whether or not you know, he wasn't. He was obviously suspended. He wasn't going to be in the dugout or on the field, but he was going to get credit for those wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it was just all kind of. I was doing a story on him breaking the record of, of for wins and all that stuff. Yep, Luke's there's up there's the, the picture. There he is. I would yeah. be scared of Scott Barry too with that face. Has right he there. ever been that angry before? Like Not before or I since? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, uh, and look the, at the, the man that I talked to that was headed to Strix with Hill Denson about thirty minutes ago. That's not him. No, right? that's this not is the same guy. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> you know, Jason, that's something that happened here. Scott and Hill Denson left to go to lunch, and they were kind of shooting the fat with us before they left. And we said that's really one of the magical things about Southern Miss. You have two legendary guys like that. Yeah. But they're going to shoot the fat with guys like me and Luke and Michael before they go to lunch. Oh, I know. That that really is, to me, what kind of puts this program over the top is the the, the humble culture. It's it's a very, very humble culture, close-knit. Family culture. Family style. Yeah, very, very uh, family-oriented feel to it. 
Um, I mean, you know, you got the hospitality over there in the church building, and and you know everybody knows everybody, and everybody uh, right. That's absolutely enjoys right. being around everybody else. Um, yes, uh, things can get spicy uh, in the stands and in the roost, but it's all it's all mm. just it's all part of it. You know what I mean? Correct. Like I don't right. think it's personal for anybody. It's just like that's. And you're a great example of once you become part of that family, it doesn't matter where you live, it doesn't matter where your career takes you, you're always part of that. It's always a part of your life. I can speak to that. Uh, that, that is a very, very real thing. Um, you know, whether I was going to be like, for instance, last year, I scheduled and took vacation time to go to Ruston. I, I, like you know what I mean? Like I, mm. I paid money out of my own pocket to travel to and stay, spend time in Ruston just to, just to see, just to see them, just to go watch them play and stuff. And, right. and part of it is you. Some of these guys, I know, like Drew Boyd and these other guys, you covered them in high school as right, well. And right. this is some of those seniors, those juniors and seniors. You you watched them all the way up, and now it's kind of the you know the fulfillment of their high school dreams that they got a chance really to make a run this year. Well, I covered Gabe. I covered Gabe Montenegro, and and uh, that would have been back in the seventies, right? I know it yes, feels right, like it, right. doesn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah, Drew Boyd uh, covered him in high school, and some other guys, and 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 that is part of it too. You feel this. I mean, like Keller Bradford is uh, yeah. on the staff now, and um, Coach Oz is still here. He was here when I was here, and I covered Travis uh, when he was a player here, and now he's a coach here. And so, yeah, the, all that plays into it, and it just it 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 all is like a, a, a accumulation of right. accumulation of all now, that. He he doesn't cover every inning of every pitch because there were a few from the twitter profile from the roost yesterday bob so he he is enjoying himself occasionally i i actually in all the years that i covered southern miss baseball never during a game went out there and that was the that was one thing that i said when as i was getting ready to make this trip to come down here and do some work i was gonna i was i was taking some time (laughs) off during a game to go out there and just experience it like i went out there and talked to people for a story before but never just to to enjoy myself yeah so before we let you go we're in a broke greatest fact of the year uncovered by john cox when gabe montenegro played his first game in a southern miss uniform carson pato was in the eighth grade (laughs) that's unbelievable good stuff jason months everybody commercial appeal thank you my friend oh thank you appreciate you coming on we'll be right back Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, our thanks to uh, Jason Muntz from the Commercial Appeal for joining us. Brian Dozier earlier in the hour. Coach Christian Ostrander coming up uh, a little later in the show. And uh, Hill, the one and only Hill Denson, Patrick McGee. I uh, want to finish the first hour. I want, I want to bring this gentleman on the set. And, and I say this with total sincerity. I met our next guest 12 years ago when I became uh, involved with Super Talk, and I'm happy to say he has really become one of my dearest friends in life. And everybody that uh, listens to Super Talk, he needs no introduction. Uh, he doesn't do highway work. And he never will. And he never will. 
he's Larry Warren. He's the owner of Warren Warren Asphalt. He is, as I said, a wonderful friend of mine, a huge supporter of Southern Miss baseball. And, uh, Larry, I'm right, a man that is at peace with himself when he's at Pete Taylor Park. Absolutely right. And if, if things could be wrong, when you come to the Pete, you forget about it. You comple- I completely relax. You're a, you're a man. You you were born and raised in in uh, Baton Rouge, and uh, you grew up an LSU fan, understandably so. But tell us how you got introduced to Southern Miss baseball, and uh, how it kind of grabs you by the heart. Well, Lee Applewhite introduced me to Southern Miss, and kind of coerced me into um, trying it out and. Purchasing a suite, and I guess it was probably the best thing I've ever done. Uh, I have enjoyed it. A lot of people have enjoyed it. Uh, it's uh, totally relaxing to me. There, and it's it's so different. Uh, and I know you can speak to this. Uh, those of us that enjoy you with you, we've become a baseball family in a lot of ways, haven't we? Absolutely. Everybody that. That, that is in there is is family and 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 everybody likes each other and it's uh it's an extension of everybody's family and everybody gets along it's just a good atmosphere and i know you're also a big fan of scott berry absolutely scott and i don't call scott a lot but i text him before every game and he texts me right back and uh uh, he's helped me in the past with uh, medical things that, that I needed, and uh, he's just been a special individual uh, to me and my family. Well, there's no question, and he is, uh, you know, he's just that way uh, to so many people. And uh, I, I don't, I, I want to tell you on the show how much I enjoy my time with you here at baseball and how much I appreciate that you've made my wife and I a, a part of uh a part of your life. I want to talk for a minute about Warren and Warren Asphalt because uh, obviously everybody that listens to Super Talk has heard about your company. But for me, it's it's a remarkable story. This is a story. This is a, a business that you started on your own, and now you're very very successful at it. How did you get to be in the asphalt business and, and grow such a large company, Larry? Well, it. It it only took fifty years. <laughs> only fifty years. And um it was from my family um being in the asphalt business in this area and um and I was trying to figure out what to do in life and I decided to give this a shot and um and through different events through my life I ended up starting this business and uh and i've been very fortunate that it has worked out uh i've had good people i have uh good sons i have a son that works with me that will take the company over one day and one day you all will get to know him his name is jacob warren a very smart young man and um but you know my life is is being about quality and doing what you say, and then some, and that's every time, and that's part of what what we do in 
and I try to make my people understand every job you you strive for excellence on everything you do and there's never any excuse if it's not there and if you have a problem we do a job for you you call me I'll make sure it's right and you are going to answer the phone when they call you I will you can call me anytime now I know you were talking to my operations manager Michael Bergens before you came on and Michael verified to you how hard I work absolutely absolutely Sometimes he shows up, sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you. And uh, I can speak for all of TeleSouth when, from a business standpoint how much they appreciate you. But more important to me is my friendship with you, and I thank you for that. And uh, I thank you for coming and sharing some time with me on this radio show. We've been trying to get you here for a long time, and uh, I'm glad that you're here with us at baseball today, and I'm glad you could come down and spend a little time. And we're looking forward to we're looking forward to a regional and super regional World Series, aren't we? Yes, sir. To the top. There we go. Larry Warren, everybody. Warren and Warren Asphalt. And Luke, what do you need to remember about Warren and Warren? He doesn't do highway work, and he never will. But he will pick up the phone anytime. As uh, we get ready for our second hour of, of Eagle Hour, Charlotte leading Middle Tennessee, thirteen to nothing now. Mm, mm. Eagles getting ready for ten a.m. Hey, and it's going to be sunshine. The Perfect rest weather. of Perfect. the weekend. Thank you, Larry. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back, Pete Taylor Park. Eagle Hour continues this coverage of the 2022 Conference USA Baseball Tournament. Charlotte pounding Middle Tennessee 13 to nothing in the bottom of the fourth inning. Uh, earlier this morning, uh, Florida Atlantic uh, lost to Texas San Antonio 6-4, and that sets up tomorrow morning's game between the Golden Eagles and San Antonio. Christian Ostrander is the uh, associate head coach, pitching coach of Southern Miss. And the 2022. Second year in a row, Coach. Congratulations. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, First, let's talk about last night. Wow. What what a fun atmosphere. A little chippy and a little competitive. And uh, we were saying earlier, uh, say what you like, but you have to give your due to uh, UAB. They they were salty and tough every time we played them. Hundred percent. I mean, you know, first of all, I thought the environment was outstanding. A nine twenty start, and to have the fans there that we had, and thanks, thank you to all them, and you know, and, and the support they bring because it make it matters. It makes a difference. So I just let's do it tomorrow at ten a.m. in the morning on a Friday. But uh, but yeah, the game. I, I imagine that was a really fun game for fans. Uh, it was a little tight in the dugout for me. I mean, it felt like it felt like every pitch had tremendous magnitude, and it did. And uh, but our guys just you know stayed in there and uh, and fought and uh, big hit by Slade to get us the go ahead home run after we traded some blows and uh, and the bullpen. You know, after Tanner pitched six plus really good innings, I was very proud of him. Um, and and then you know Dalton and Landon covering the next two and two thirds and uh, putting zeros up there. That was huge. A lot had happened uh, to Tanner Hall. 
you know, he wins the Boo Ferris Award. He's named Pitcher of the Year in Conference USA. Did all that add to maybe a little extra pressure on the kid last night? Well, it's, it, it has to, and, and I, I thought he handled it great. Um, me and him the other day, I think it was the day after, the day he got the award, and uh, we are in Jackson for the uh, Boo Ferris Award, and came back, practice was over. We did his bullpen work, kind of just me and him. So, man, let's take a walk, and we just kind of walked around the whole field, you know, and just talking and just trying to uh, mitigate the extra pressure that I know he could be feeling because of all the accolades and expectation. That's real, and, you know, I've coached guys before that that they feel that stuff, and I've always been the type that want to, you know, try to get ahead of it a little bit and talk about it. I think if you don't, and sometimes it can, you know, these, these are these are still young men that are figuring things out and, and stuff. So just told them, man, that, hey, you're you're good. You, you you that's why you're getting all this. You don't have to do more because of this award, that award, or whatever. Uh, you know, that's that's why we do what we do. So just go out there and be you, man, and enjoy playoff baseball. And uh, it's not about physicals; it's about mental now. You know, and just go out there and compete. And I thought thought he did a great job. Very he proud was of mentally him. tough last night, wasn't he? He was. He, uh, it was a battle. Uh, they played hard. They got they're well coached. A lot of a lot of uh, respect for for those guys at UAB and Coach Dunn. They get them ready to play. We saw that when we were there, and and uh, they played hard and they 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 fought. They were trying. They were the underdog, and they knew it. And uh, so it was a great game, and uh, like I said, I think you know the good guys prevailed, obviously, and uh, you know we just got to carry that momentum into tomorrow. We're talking to Brian Dozier a little earlier, and just talking about how you have a you have a Ferris Award winner, Pitcher of the Year, Golden Spike semifinalist, and he would be the one for anybody in this league. And the guy you're going to throw tomorrow is the older, crafty vet, and then you got a guy for the third game that throws harder than any of them. And the the slider, you know, that he throws is, is one of the nastiest pitches in this repertoire. It kind of equals what, you know, Tanner's changeup is. Mm-hmm. I, I just wonder if there's times where you just kind of sit back and being like, wow, like it worked out in such a way. Dozier was just talking about how, you know, it, how complete this rotation is. And then you got guys like Matt Adams and other guys that could, would in a normal year, be part of the rotation as well. Well, I mean, I'm obviously – you know, just so excited for what these these guys have done, and and, and proud of them, and you know. But I I've always believed, and and I, and I I'm not saying, you know, there's a lot of luck involved too with with the guys the way they mature and develop when you sign them and all that good stuff. And but you know, I think it's good to have variance. I, th- I don't think you know, I don't want to have a staff that's you know the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday guys are all the same type preparation, you know, for the other team. You know, you like them having to game plan. You got a, a sinker ball guy with, uh, you know, with the Bugs Bunny change up on Friday and then a, a total mixer, you know, a, you know, guy on Saturday, then the power on Sunday and, and so forth. And, uh, and the same way in a bullpen. You, you want to have different looks and options and, op, uh, you know, opportunities with angles of, you know, lefty, righty, sidearm, whatever. So, uh, I think there is some strategy involved in that, and in, in, in way you were, you know, recruiting and stuff, or how it plays out, or how you utilize those guys, you know, in your staff. So, but it's it is a luxury. I, don't get me wrong, man. These guys have carried us, uh, you know, a long way and doing a good job. We uh, we were also talking earlier, you know, just Travis Creel. Uh, he's grown up uh, here and now a coach here. What is the like? How do you and Creel help each other out in prepping for the opposition? You know, it's funny. I, I'll lean on him sometimes if I get stuck. And, 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 you know, I watch so much video on hitters and my preparation of having a game plan to attack them. But there's times where I'm going, 
this guy's pretty good, you know. Where's the hole? What you know? And, and I kind of say, from a hitter's perspective, you know, look through it through his eyes, tell me, and um, you know, and, and, and vice versa. You know, I'm always there for you know if he has a question on a pitcher, and I think numbers tell a story, and you can read into it and say, oh, this is going to be this kind of guy and stuff. Yeah. But there's really not a lot of secrets anymore because of all the you know technology and, and the software programs we have to to utilize to uh, you know to. Uh, look at opponents and look at our own guys, you yeah. know, and as a developmental stat, you know, point too. So um, you just got to do your work. I ask that because we play UTSA tomorrow, and when they were in the Pete a couple weeks ago, I was just like, every single one of these dudes is like 315, 320, 325. Just looking at their stats, I mean, they've got, what, eight guys that 300 or better. They bat 304 as a as a as a team so you know how do you attack a team that has such a great approach like that they got a great approach and hats off to you know coach hallmark and his staff i think they get those guys prepared if you look at it i think if i remember i know there was one game in that um series against them i think they got 12 hits and uh 11 of them were singles and uh they'll single you to death they're not trying they're not getting big they'll get big when you need to what i mean would take that big hack but they'll cut down and they'll they'll say i'm good with the hard ground ball up the middle i'm good with the four hole six hole ground ball and stuff and those are harder pit hitters to prepare and, and, and execute against than those ones that get a little out of control i mean odu is a great yeah. example i mean it's kind of feast or famine you know and stuff and uh, if you make the mistake and they guess right <laughs> it might go 480 feet but you can also get below the barrel or above it you know a little bit more too and um so it's just different, you know, and every every team you play is different, and you you got to prepare for it and uh, uh, be looking at, you know, guys that make adjustments with two strikes more so than this and another team. So it's we got a work cut out for us. I know that they're 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 a hard hard team to pitch to, but uh, you know what? I like our chances better than anybody. You know, yesterday when we were talking to Coach Barry, he was talking about some of the things that happen behind the scenes are so important to a baseball program, uh, training. Uh, weights, uh, trainers. Uh, we have, have we not, Coach, been very fortunate in the fact that our elite pitching staff has been relatively free of injury. Knock on wood, absolutely. Right. Um, I give a lot of credit that to uh, our strength coach and, and our trainer, like Coach Perry, I'm sure did. You know, Todd Macabica and Sven Pearson. I mean, those guys, you know, obviously what we do on a field from the baseball standpoint is extremely important, but that whole aspect is as or more and uh and i think there's something to say about when you can get stronger and you get more physical not just there's a lot of people can get you bigger and stronger but can they keep you healthy you know and stuff so i think that that's something that's uh, extremely important and i think we got a good little formula going here i like it i, I like what i've seen in the development and the strength aspects of the guys growing and, and maturing uh, from the pitchers, so and uh, and keeping them on the on the mound, so that's been been very nice. Got to be a little special, uh, the kid that be throwing for us tomorrow, uh, to come from your alma mater, do so well here, become such an integral part of the team. Well, we're actually not throwing Riggins tomorrow. Okay, so good. there you go. Breaking, little, news. breaking news on the Eagle Hour. What we got? Uh, Hurston's going to be throwing tomorrow, and uh, I've had a lot of people ask, you know, kind of what, where, why. Nothing that's not strategic. It's not matchup. It's not. It's more the fact that. Uh, I want to be able to set up my rotation for next week uh, how I want to once we figure out, you know, what that, whether, you know, hopefully a one seat here in Hattiesburg and somebody's coming here. And uh, right. so doing that is going to allow, you know, Tanner will have full rest. Hurston would have full rest. And Riggins would be the one on short rest uh-huh. if he goes game three. Riggins has responded better 
in my opinion, to the short rest uh, than the others. Tanner's, you know, throwing 93 innings. That's a lot. And Hurston, you know, as well. And, and, and Riggins has thrown a lot. But he's kind of, like I said, he's that elder statesman and it's handled it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. I got just as much confidence in any one of those guys. But for I want to be able to, whenever that day comes, you know, next week and, and you start strategizing for that, I want to be able to match up how I feel like is the best way. Well, to let me it. tell you, we're always happy to break news yeah. on the Eagle Hour. Always happy. Uh, we're, we're really excited about next week, and I know you don't want to look ahead, but, boy, so much opportunity in front of this team. Well, it's exciting. I mean, you know, you work hard for this, and um, it's not easy to be in the position we're at. I mean, there's there's a lot of good baseball teams out there, and uh, it's a grind. I mean, uh, the people out there, they just don't know what these young men do. I mean, it's it's – it's really something, and, uh, you know, how much dedication, sacrifice they make academically, you know, uh, and, and athletically and all that stuff. And uh, I don't know. It's just it's a long season, man. It starts in August, and now we're at this point, and to be where we're at, we're very thankful and humbled. And uh, But we want to we wanna keep going. You know, we're not, we're not relaxed. And uh, like I said, we like the you know, quote we say a lot is, you know, rest at the end, not in the middle. Always a pleasure, Coach. Yep, thank always you. appreciative of you coming on. Thanks, Oz. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you all. Christian Ostrander, everybody. Assistant Coach of the Year, Associate Head Coach, Southern Miss Baseball. Speaking of coaches, coming up next is uh, a coach that knows a thing or two about baseball. There and he he's, is. he's full of barbecue, so he'll be full of oh, something, he's right? He's been to the barbecue place. Hill Denson, full of barbecue next on the Eagle Hour. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to Eagle Hour Broadcasting Live from Pete Taylor Park. We're right outside the, the baseball office here uh, as we're covering the 2022 Conference USA Baseball Tournament. Any update, Luke, on uh, the games underway? Well, Charlotte has uh, put another run on the board. So bottom of the fifth, they're up Middle Tennessee, up on Middle Tennessee, 14 to nothing. So you wow. would expect that uh, Middle Tennessee uh, will play. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, that Charlotte will play tomorrow at 1:30 against the loser of Old Dominion and Louisiana Tech. And they're playing, of course, on Hilldenson Field. And the legendary coach joins us here on the Eagle Hour on our set. Glad to have you in person, Coach. We're always got you on on the phone, but it's great to have you in person. Well, thank you, Bob. I'm enjoying being here. So, so before earlier in the show, we saw you and Coach Barry leave. Y'all were going to lunch. The question is. Did Coach Berry pick up the tag? Absolutely not. <laughs> he, he's the tightest guy I know. <laughs> so you bought the lunch? You had oh, yeah. oh, yeah. You, you had a All the money goes to his cowboy boots that he yeah. was wearing. He had on a Navy shirt earlier asking, why are you wearing old Dominion stuff? And, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was a comment made by somebody in the party that if if we need to hit the ball as far as old Dominion does. So they, uh, yeah, they, they, can, they, they can, can play. Swing it. That's going to be a good game coming up against Louisiana Tech oh, and old yeah. Dominion. Be a good one. All of them going to be good, I think, for the rest of the time. Coach, we know that you're a director for NCAA tournaments, and uh, Coach Barry's not going to talk to us about this. Hopefully we could get your in- input on it. Uh, has Southern Miss nailed down a regional tournament? Do they still need to win some more ball games? I, you know, that's so hard to predict. You know, I have no idea who will be in the – I mean, what regionals will be where and all that kind of stuff. And uh, – you know, I feel good about having it, but uh, I don't. Uh, you know, you just got got to keep trying to win, win every ball game, and see what happens. That's all. Right. You, that's all you can do. 
And no one knows more about the game of baseball than you. We've been talking all day about the talent on this team. Jason Munt tells us, you know, we don't really argue that this could be the most talented baseball team. Pitching depth, we've been talking about it all year. But also what we talked about, and you can speak to this, it takes a little luck, doesn't it? Absolutely true. It, everything uh, this game goes about is luck. And, uh, you know, you got to have some good luck and got to get hot and, and all those things to, to do what Mississippi State did last year and go on and win that tournament. And, uh, you know, that's what you hope happens. I was a little worried back when we were do- had the 15-game winning streak that we were going too good at that point of the game and, you know, had to have a little dip in there, which happens, and it always does happen to, to everybody. And, uh, you know, we got that little dip. <laughs> of course, during that little dip, you don't like it much, but that was what was happening. And, uh, you know, I think they're coming back up now and, you know, got a couple of guys that were hurt, and and everybody goes through that. And, and so it's it's just a lot of uh, – a lot of stuff that happens in a game that just makes a big difference in the game. And uh, you and I were talking about it a minute ago. I, I, I can remember telling you about uh, a regional, a super no, a regional I had at Ole Miss years ago. I was up there as a tournament director and uh, playing Virginia, and everybody was thinking they were going to this super regional next year and all that kind of stuff. And Virginia, uh, LS, I mean, uh, Ole Miss uh, scored a run early in the ball game, and then uh, later in the game, Virginia had a guy on first or second base and hit a ball right over the first baseman's head that hit about an inch fair, went into the corner, and they scored uh, scored two runs. I guess they had two runners on. Scored two runs and went up two to one. Later on, about an inning or two later, Ole Miss had the same situation, had a runner at first and runner at second base and and hit the same ball that Virginia hit, exactly the same ball, except it was about an inch foul, and and they ended up losing the ball game 2-1 to one or whatever the score was, 3-2 to two maybe. But, uh, you know, that's just the difference in that ball game. And, of course, after that game, I started hearing people talk about we want to fire Bianco and all that kind of stuff. And just that little inch of difference makes a big difference in who won that ball game and went on to a Super Regional. And Virginia did well that year and went on in the World Series and did well. Uh, they're talking about that now, and you just expressed to us that was about as dumb now as it was then to talk about that. About, about firing Bianco, Probably. it would be as dumb as firing Jeff Bowers. So. And that was pretty damn dumb. Dumbest thing that's ever happened at this yeah. university. It, it has. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you look at what the, the guy's done, and, yeah, people have all feared. I mean, is that is that what's so difficult, Coach, about, the you know, the perspective of fan bases realizing that sometimes things don't work out, like, one year. Right, and they, and they all act like a coach changes his philosophy or something when they lose him, and they're coaching differently than what they've been doing in the past. And and it all boils down to that little part I was talking about, look at the look at the hop, what happens in those ball games, and uh, you know making a mistake here and there, which you're going to do. I don't think anybody that's listening out there doesn't make a mistake every once in a while. So, guy make an error or whatever, and you got to just go on about your business and pick up and go on and, and do what you got to do. So, you know, it just is so much to this game, and you're not going to go undefeated during the year. You know, you're not going to do that. So, there's going to be those games that, that you hit the ball bullets all day long, but you hit them right at somebody, and they hit them on the fist, and they fall in for a double. and <laughs> 
mm-hmm. score two runs and, and that sort of thing. So it happens over and over and over and over and over. So. All right. I, I got to ask this. This is changing the subject a little bit. We one of our listeners had asked me the next time you or the next time you were on to ask you, were you the offensive coordinator for the Callaway High School football team? I absolutely was. And y'all threw the ball like 20, 20 times a game. Yeah, that's about it. You were a maverick. If, <laughs> yeah, back in the seventies, coach. Yeah, well, we had a couple of guys that could throw it about ninety-five yards when they wanted to throw it. So <laughs> you had it was uh, it was one of the quarterbacks that he actually go to the NFL. Uh, Roy Coleman was a was a one that I can think of right off that played it at played at Ole Miss and and I don't think Roy played any pro ball. He might have played a little later. But y'all won a state championship, right? Yeah, yeah, won a state championship. Did you know that? I had no idea. Oh yeah, I'm an old football coach. Is that I'm right? Assistant football coach. Is this is right? in the '70s. He's throwing the ball 20 times a game. How about that, <laughs> Coach? I want you to tell us real quick. You told me one time we were talking that. Uh, that you were at a luncheon, and you go to a luncheon once a week, once every couple of weeks up where you live near Brandon, and it's a bunch of legendary coaches. And I believe you refer to it as the Liars Club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, and it's the Liars Discussion Group. Uh-huh, the Liars Discussion Group. <laughs> and it, the Liars get bigger every week. Is that we right? go every Tuesday to, Is that right? to Fat Tuesday. So. Do the stories ever stop embellishing no, themselves? No, no, no. Richard Williams has gotten so much better than he used to be. Is that right? Doug Hutton. He's so he actually better. won the Final Four, Richard Williams. He went right. into Final Four. Right, 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 right. But, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. <laughs> Talking about Jackson earlier this week, uh, how special is it when a Southern Miss kid wins the Boo Ferris Award for you? Big, real big. And, uh, you know, that was tremendous, uh, really, for all three of them, uh, coach, of, coach of the Year and also Assistant Coach of the Year with Oz. And, uh, you know, that's really big. Uh, it always is, of course, and, and, and I think deservedly so. I think he won it and should have won it. So, uh, But there were some mighty good ones on the other ball clubs, too. Oh, yeah, too, for so. sure. For sure. And, you know, we, we even had one at Bellhaven one year. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, so it's just best college player in the state. That's what it is. We were reminiscing yesterday for a while with John Cox about some of the great memories of being Southern Miss guys and following. And so last night when the UAB coach is just raising cane and gets thrown out, a guy sitting by me said, oh, that reminds me when Ron Polk used to be here. Well, nobody knows that story better than you. Yeah. Uh, you were there many a time when Ron Polk got thrown out, but you've indicated to me that Unlike last night, some of that might have been a little showboating. I think it was with Polk. You know, he got he, every year when he came to Hattiesburg, he got thrown he out. He got thrown so. out every year. And I didn't get thrown out but once in, in start. So I, right? I want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. So. It, was that a calculated move ahead of time? Or? I don't think it was. Best I remember, I think I said I should I said something I shouldn't have said or something. So hmm. maybe called him something. There, there's an urban legend that they actually had to take him off in cuffs one, one night from here. Is that true with, with Polk? Well, they threatened to. Yeah, they threatened to. <laughs> he, of course, Polk used to enjoy it, I think. He'd go down that. We used to have that little corner down there by the hitting cages. That's the only place he could go, you know, here. We don't have a place for him to go other than the bus now. But he always wandered down there and sit and uh, slipped him a cigar in there. So, but he, you, you couldn't ever teach him how to use a computer because I still hear he still no, uses I, that typewriter. He is, and his flip phone now. I, when I call him, he's on the flip phone, and he's, uh, you know, you can't hear anything on it or anything. So <laughs> He doesn't know how to do all that stuff. Hill Denson, <laughs> Boo Ferris, Ron Polk. Well, Rick Cleveland said those are the three pioneers of college baseball. Well, I appreciate Rick saying that. I don't know. I know the other two are, so. 
Boo Ferris was quite a baseball man. Wasn't Absolutely. Yeah, Same I don't think said. a lot of people realize how significant he was in, in the world of college baseball. Well, and, of course, Oz is one of those guys that can tell you because he was around in all that all those years. And, uh, of course, I, I played here when Boo was at, at Delta State. And uh, and he and Pete were big buddies. And I uh, remember they'd always go out when we'd get up there. and you know, and uh, But, you know, didn't really coach against him much Uh the first year I was here, we played Delta State, and very shortly after that, we started doing this RPI stuff. We didn't know how it worked, but we were doing it, and we knew we knew we needed to be playing all within our division. So we all yeah. we still play. don't know how it works. We still don't know how it works. Still don't know how it works. <laughs> I'm not, certainly not smart enough to know how it works. We always love having you on Eagle. Thank you, Bob. You're always welcome, it. my friend. Appreciate it, everybody. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com will join us uh, in just a moment. We continue our coverage of the CUSA Baseball Tournament. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back live at Pete Taylor Park, Eagle Hour on site today for the 2022 Conference USA Baseball Tournament. Charlotte drilling Middle Tennessee now in the top of the sixth inning, 20 to nothing over Middle Tennessee. Louisiana Tech in Old Dominion will play as soon as this one is over. Looks like this one is headed for the seventh uh, to be done after seven innings. Southern Miss taking on UTSA tomorrow at 10 a.m. Special two-hour Eagle Hour today. Of course, uh, brought to us by uh, Southern Bancor as well as Dickies, Fourth uh, Street Bar and Grill, D-Bat and D1 and Campus Bookmark. Going down to the Big Easy to talk to Patrick uh, McGee from NOLA.com. Patrick, uh, thanks for, for coming on as you uh, as you do every week. And uh, things working out, looking good right now. And we've had a two-hour show today, but we haven't talked about projections yet. Wanted to save that to talk talk with you. Eagles move up to seven in the RPI last night. And we were talking off air. There's been a bunch of other things that have been happening across the nation that have really will help Southern Miss not just lock down uh, a host if they do well this weekend, but there's a like a legitimate chance now that Southern Miss could end up as a as a in the top eight national seed when we thought that was lost a few weeks ago. Right. Uh, uh, the the big news for Southern Miss this morning is that Louisville is lost. Uh, they were eliminated after two games in the ACC tournament. They lost nine four to Georgia Tech. And a lot of projections they've been hovering around seven or eight uh, as a national seed. So at this point, uh, and their RPI is down to sixteen. So the odds of them being a national seed at this point don't seem great, uh, but for Southern Miss, you know, this is a, this is their opportunity. Uh, I mean, there's always a remote chance, the remote chance of somebody leapfrogs leapfrogs them, but I don't think that happens. It's a matter of Southern Miss really just kind of taking care of business and winning the conference tournament, and uh, they could easily be a number seven or a number eight, and you never know at the end of the day until the the full field comes out and the committee makes its choices. Well, the, obviously the committee's going to announce its national seed uh, before the full field, uh, but it's 
yeah, I mean, it's very realistic that Southern Miss could be a, a top eight national seed, especially if they win the conference tournament. So let's look at RPI right now. Southern Miss sitting at seventh in front of them. Tennessee, Oregon State, Maryland, Virginia Tech, Vanderbilt, Stanford right behind the Eagles to round out the top ten. North Carolina at eight, Miami at nine, Georgia Southern at ten, Auburn at eleven. We would probably think, Patrick, in those top 11, Georgia Southern would not be a host. Texas State would probably, if the Sun Belt gets a host, Vanderbilt would not host. And so that means that Southern Miss right now, if you start looking at a top eight, they're kind of sitting in that sixth spot. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, that's, they would, if I, if I did my new projections right now, I would probably put Southern Miss at a seven at the moment. Uh, you know, this can change by the day. So yeah, I, I, you know, it's, Uh, right now, really, the only you know national seeds ranked ahead of uh, uh, Southern Miss right now in the RPI are, are likely national seeds are Tennessee, Oregon State, Maryland, Virginia Tech, and Stanford. I mean, that's it. So that's that's pretty heady company. And 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 Southern Miss has the resume or will have the resume if they can finish this off. So let's let's look at just kind of these projections. And again, I'm I'm pulling D1 baseball, Baseball America, and your own. Um, from the advocate. So all of the, all of these were done at the first part of the week, and this is kind of for our mm-hmm. listeners, this is kind of an influx. So D1 has Hattiesburg as the nine overall. LSU is the two. Clemson has the three. Belmont is the four. Baseball America has Southern Miss as the nine overall. LSU is the two seed. Uh, Florida State is the three. Fairfield has the four. You have uh, Southern Miss is the nine overall. Vanderbilt is the two. Georgia Tech is the three. Alabama State is the four. Let's talk about why you don't have LSU like the other two. And I know the reason for that, but explain that for us. Yeah, well, it, right now, if there was, if they wanted to put together the fields right now, I think LSU would be right around number 17 or number 18. Uh, obviously, they don't, you know, see, you know, seed out the teams that far down the line. But uh, LSU is very much in the hunt to, to host a regional. If they win a com- couple of games in the SEC tournament, if it ever gets played, uh, they're looking at a pretty good chance at a host. I just don't think that they would send LSU, which would possibly be the strongest two-seed in the whole field, to Southern Miss, which at the moment would be a national seed. So I, I just don't see how they would send LSU to a national seed regional. Uh, they would send them farther down the line, somewhere between the 12 and 16 seeds. Uh, I would expect them to end up at a big, a big 12 or an ACC regional. I mean, now if, if LSU uh, loses – Looks ugly, you know. That they're they're going to lose, you know. That maybe that would increase the chances of 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 them ending up in Bat, in Hattiesburg. But even in that situation, I you know I just think it's unlikely. Things will still play out, and we'll see. But at the moment, I just don't see a a, a really strong two seed LSU headed to a national seed Southern Miss. But Bob Getty, we are dealing with the NCAA. Hey, you guys are making me a little dizzy. All, all this national seed talk, I, I feel a little queasy for some reason, Patrick. That uh, that all of this could could turn south on us. First things first. Do they have to win the conference USA tournament? And and right now, there's some pretty stout looking teams down here. I I mean, at this moment, I would say they have to get to the title to to feel somewhat comfortable. But the only way they really make it, you know, close to a close to a sure thing is, is winning the tournament. Uh, but the way things are stacked up, it's looking pretty good for Southern Miss because they're going to play a good RPI team in UTSA, and UTSA had to burn its ace today. Uh, so, I mean, it, things are setting up pretty well. I mean, this is this is a team that Southern Miss should beat under these circumstances. 
uh, with Waldrop on the mound. But we all know baseball. Things can get weird. But uh, as the way things have played out, I mean, you probably wouldn't have wanted to play as late as you did last night. But uh, otherwise, uh, Southern Miss is in a good spot in terms of the tournament, the conference tournament, and, and being in position for a top eight uh, national seed. Well, they're walking all around us right now, the baseball players. They look fine. T- to me. Tyler Stewart is yeah. really, really tall. He's a big guy. He's a pretty big Jay guy. Jay Ladner could use him, man. He's like 6'9". Yeah. yeah, he could. Yeah. Actually, he could. Uh, Patrick, are you at all surprised about the news that we just got that Oz is, uh, for the first time this year, changing the pitching rotation? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, with the way they're skipping over a day and it kind of, you know, Waldrop was going to pitch on on Friday, probably that was a plan all along. And this sets them up to where the first two guys uh, in a regional situation, your, your two starters are Hall and Waldrop. And that's probably what they wanted all along. This kind of really kind of falls into their hands a little bit, how they wanted this to play out. So, I, uh, you know, uh, Ostrander and, and Barry kind of have probably been thinking this way for a while and things have just kind of fallen into place. Yeah. You sound really optimistic, my man, that uh, these these – I, again, with both of you guys, I, I just get a little dizzy that we're sitting here talking about sixth national seed, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if, if. If you win. Yeah, if we yeah, win. Yeah, I know. Yes. I mean, they've got to win. I mean, they can't just stub their toe the, the next couple of games and then expect to be a national seed. No. Uh, right. But they are a host team. So, But they they just this is their opportunity, and they just have to take advantage of it. And just things are stacked in their favor at the moment. Patrick, is Ole Miss out of the regionals? Yeah, no, I think they're right there on the bubble, probably just on the right side of the bubble. Uh, but things could, could are going to change a little bit. You have Alabama that's kind of improved its chances. Uh, if they keep going, you know, maybe that hurts Ole Miss's shot. But uh, I would think Ole Miss is probably a three seed somewhere at the moment. They but, wouldn't. But, they wouldn't be sent here, right? You don't. You don't think they? Oh, uh, who knows? Yeah, well, it's, 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 I mean, I, I guess it's, it's certainly possible. Uh, they would be Bob a the, three. Uh, who, who are we talking about, Bob? It's the NCAA. Yeah. But Patrick, I mean, it's a pretty good. If, if Southern Miss, even if they're not a national seed, you're going to get an SEC or ACC team as a two or a three seed given. Yeah, most likely. Just the way thing you don't. You know, uh, Southern Miss is the only uh, team in the state in Mississippi, and that's unusual. When you have two teams, they're usually hosting regionals in Mississippi, and there's a chance that LSU may not be hosting. So that that's a, a big swath of territory that takes up a big chunk of the college baseball universe. Uh, so, yeah, you're probably going to get a, a, a regional team, which would be an SEC team, probably in Hattiesburg. Okay. And I, I, you know, I hadn't really thought much about Ole Miss as a three seed in Hattiesburg, but that seems a, a distinct possibility. But my last question, no chance we're going to get that little Debbie regional that Mississippi State got last year. Is that correct? Yeah, there, 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 a, will, there will be no softies. little Debbie. There, I mean, just there will the way be I've no little the, Debbie regional. The Camels, the little Debbies, and the Fighting Fairies. That's usually yeah, right. yeah, right. right. About a minute left, Patrick. Best case scenario when we talk to you next week and selection has happened, best case scenario as you've been studying these projections for three weeks for Southern Miss? I think probably the absolute best case scenario would be Southern Miss is the number five seed overall as a national seed. Uh, you know, so I, I – and then, the, you know, the, just, in, in the most – the best case scenario is obviously they avoid Ole Miss in the region or something like that. Uh, absolutely. You, you, you don't want that. You don't want a team that, they're, that you're super familiar with. Uh, you know, I, I just think that probably plays to your disadvantage a little bit. And, you know, so I, I think if you can avoid a regional stack with teams that you've played a bunch this season. 
Correct. South I'm, Alabama I'm, will not be in. No, I'm 100. percent I'm 100. I want I want Campbell and Little Debbie, and I want those people here. I want to I want to get that same opportunity that the, you, our brother. What we got we last don't year. want Vanderbilt because we don't want the Whistler and throw them in the dirt oh in the same yeah, yeah. stadium we're, at the same time. That would and, and people would just <laughs> lose oh, their mind. My word. That oh, would be cause for arrest. Yeah. All right, Patrick, as always, buddy, we uh, we appreciate you very much. And uh, hopefully we'll be sitting right here this time next week talking to you about the regional tournament that's underway in Hattiesburg. All right. I look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody. We'll be back and wrap things up. Michael Burgess rejoins us. And uh, we'll come right back. Southern Miss to the top. Back at Pete Taylor Park, Charlotte up on Middle Tennessee by three touchdowns at the end of the sixth <laughs> inning, 20 to nothing as a Middle Tennessee. They missed uh, an extra point. They missed an extra point oh, somewhere along the way. Old Dominion, Louisiana Tech coming up uh, right after this one. Charlotte will meet the loser uh, tomorrow at 1.30. The rest of uh Today, after Old Dominion, Louisiana Tech, UAB, FAU, and elimination game tonight at 7.30. Southern Miss and UTSA at 10 a.m. in the morning. Winner uh, will play on Saturday. Loser will have to turn around and play tomorrow afternoon at 5 p.m. A few news and notes. Golden Eagles track, uh, track and field out at the NCAA East prelims um, in Bloomington, Indiana. Some Golden Eagles have already competed. Elijah Miller in the 100 meters and Landon Chalden in the 400 meters, Jordan Spear in the women's hammer throw, and Fred Mudani finished 14th in the country in the shot put. Um, so uh, congratulations to those. Several other um, Golden Eagles, including Corville Todd, will compete uh, with uh, as Coach Stewart is there in Bloomington at the NCAA East prelims. Hey, Bob, you had uh, Coach Hall on yesterday. Uh, as of today, some uh, – Game times have been announced, as well as uh, where Southern Miss fans can view the first Southern Miss Sun Southern Miss era in the Sun Belt. So, few that have been mentioned: the Liberty game at Saturday, September third in Hattiesburg. It's on ESPN Plus at six p.m. Saturday, September the tenth, eleven a.m. on the ACC Network. Southern Miss at Miami. The following Saturday, September seventeenth, at six p.m. on ESPN three, Northwestern State. And then the Thursday, October 27th game against Louisiana, uh, against the Raging Cages at 6.30. That's on ESPNU. And then, of course, the Sunbelt Championship game Pretty on exciting. ESPN. Yep. Hey, I want to let people know that Michael and Luke are going to be uh, anchoring down a really special edition of our show tomorrow. You guys are going to be at Camp Shelby, Memorial Day uh, ceremony, the great military museum down there. Michael, I know you do a lot of work on your show 
uh, with those guys. Real special to be invited down there. Yeah, and they're doing special events, of course, with the weekend. that will be happening tomorrow. Uh, there's going to be World War II veterans, and it's always a, a special event. And, of course, going into Memorial Day weekend, that's why it's important to do that so we remember why we celebrate Memorial Day weekend. It's not about mattress sales or right, uh, right. even the barbecues, which is it's great to get together with family, but uh, we all need to take a moment and be thankful for all those men and women who sacrifice uh, the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom so that we can be here today and enjoy the American pastime of baseball uh, at P. Taylor Park. 100%. We'll do some live updates and hopefully have uh, some live interviews right when yes. the game concludes tomorrow, uh, the uh, game with UTSA. But most important, I think, is to be down there. Great and, stuff. Yeah, look, look forward to it. While we were at commercial break, we have discovered the secret of Old Dominion's it's power. It's unbelievable. <laughs> they pulled up in a what, Michael Mergen? A double-decker bus. A double-decker, essentially, tour bus. With the Old Dominion logo on the side. So it yep. drove down from Northville. And Two a tra- left, trailer left. attached. It's all in one. You know, because a lot of teams will travel with maybe one bus or two buses. But they're economical, I guess, and they've got well, They've got two one. buses on one platform. Yeah. Right. The, the Monarchs. Wonder if they have like beds in that too. Yeah, it must be like nice being a private institution. Unbelievable! <laughs> yeah, no must, wonder they hit really so many nice. homers. Danny yeah. Lynch, Danny here they Lynch, come. right there. there Will McGillis, right there. there they Will are. Will there they are. Charlie all Fisher, all, all the guys back. coming back in. Hey, we want to give a special shout out to our good friend, good friends. Christian Ostrander earlier mentioned uh, one of the the reasons for the success of the Southern Miss pitching staff, head strength and conditioning coach for Olympic sports, Todd Makovica. He's engaged today. And yeah. he proposed last night to Southern Miss assistant soccer coach Carly Malden. What did she say? She said, I mean, the, okay. there's pictures of the ring. There's, like, misty eyes. There's a picture on Twitter of him actually proposing with the ring box. Southern Miss is a place to find your forever special Well, you person. did. I did. You did. So congratulations to Carly and Todd, another Southern Miss romance. Brian Dozier, another example of that, right? Correct, right. And, uh... I wonder if this would get her another year of eligibility, that maybe she could play for the soccer team. Well, she's already played professionally, like, on two continents. That so kind of eliminates that. That kind of eliminates that. Probably eliminates that. All right, Michael, uh, thank you for producing. We're going to be here next week? Uh, yes. We're going to have yes, a regional. we're just going to We're going to be yeah. here. Uh, your final analysis of the food situation, which is always very, very key <laughs> in a tournament situation. It's like phenomenal that. from the uh, media standpoint. It's really good because I've done stuff in the past at similar events where it was just some pizzas and soda. No, this was fully catered, full course meal. Uh, I don't have to have dinner tonight, which is great. Mm-hmm. So, and they to, had they had Morgan's favorite. He is a peach cobbler that was guy. Fine. Yeah, man. To, to quote the Yankee, the the soda. You know, the, the you yeah, didn't I say it that soda. way. I, I, was said get, soda. I almost said pop. the soda machine. I said the Coke machine, dude. They had sweet tea. On the Coke machine. They yeah. did. I've never seen that before. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a great, great job. Thank the conference for that. Yeah. I, you, you've been with me to the conference on the Tournament on the Coast. They fed us well down there. They did. It's always very well key, very key when you're doing this extra work. <laughs> so, the quality uh, of the food. Eagles, 10 a.m. in the morning. Get yeah, your TSA. I don't really like that, but what, it is what it is. It is bro. what it is. You, you got to win tomorrow. You got to earn your Saturday primetime spot. So why is that real quickly? I think I hear the music. Can't play more than four games in a day, just be too far into the night. Yeah, be way too far in the night, right. 
and you're just you got three in yesterday, so right. whatever you were supposed to play, it got pushed forward, you know, twelve hours or so. All right, thanks to everybody that made this possible. Thank you, Michael. You did a fantastic job, no uh, as always. And we hope to be back next week for a regional live tomorrow from Pete Taylor Park and Camp Shelby, the magnificent military museum. Until then, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.